You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. we'll lose control because we don't understand what the Holy Spirit does. Why are you resisting the Spirit for? Why are you quenching the Spirit? Why are you resisting? What if you are resisting? What if you are grieving? What if you are quenching the Spirit? What's the answer? You might be wondering right now, well, Dave, you laid out a heck of a prosecuting thing here. Now we're all feeling, what do we do now? Peter gives us the answer, the same answer. Repent and be converted. Repent and be converted. Change your opinion about the Holy Spirit. In our walk with Christ, oftentimes it's easy to leave the Holy Spirit behind. We know God's power in our lives and know the sacrifice that Jesus made, but why do we leave the Holy Spirit behind? Today, Pastor Dave explains that you need to always be walking in the Holy Spirit. It will change your life in glorious ways. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of Acts chapter 3 as he continues his message, Times of Refreshing. So as a nation, Israel can still come into repentance, can still have a time of refreshing. And that time will come in the last day. That time will happen in the last days. But individually, if we give our hearts to the Holy One of God, if we give our hearts over to Jesus, we will be refreshed. Our hearts will be refreshed because the presence of the Lord, His Holy Spirit, will come into our lives, it says in Scripture. Our lives will be regenerated. Our lives will be reborn into a living hope. There will be newness of life. There will be a refreshing of the soul, knowing that we are forgiving, that our sins are blotted out. There's such a relief when we know that, when we know we have peace now with God. And now we can move from that peace with God to the peace of God that passes all understanding. The time of refreshing leads us to freedom. A burden is lifting off of us. A burden is taken away because our debt has been settled. Now, I know none of you are in debt. You don't ever have any people call you and ask you for your bills to be paid. But when you're in debt, there's a pressure. There's a pressure on you. Sometimes you don't want to answer the phone call because you have caller ID and you go, I ain't answering that one. Or you get the bills and you look at them. Well, it's not red yet. I'll I'll worry about when the bill becomes red. It's just blue. I ain't looking at that one. It's just yellow. I'm not looking at that one. Red, I'll look at that one. There's a debt. There's a weight under you. We had a debt in our lives because of sin. Jesus Christ paid the debt. He paid it in full. And that relieved us of that debt. That relieved us of that that burden that was so heavily upon us. These times of refreshing lead us into a freedom, a freedom of hope, a freedom of joy. In Psalm 32, it says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Blessed means, oh, how happy. Time of refreshing, a time of refreshing when we come to the Lord. When we come to the Lord. So we have this nationally time of refreshing. We have this individually time of refreshing. But I believe that there's a personal time of refreshing that each and every one of us could have in our lives. There's a personal time of refreshing. You might be saying, I read all about the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, and I, and I read all about the love of the saints. I see the miracles happening and the boldness with the disciples. And wow, isn't that wonderful? 
But you know what? As I read about the power of the Spirit on these pages, I'm as dry as a bone. I'm dry. I read about it. I believe about it. But I'm not personally experiencing times of refreshing. Why don't I experience times of refreshing? I have wonderful news for you today, ladies and gentlemen, my brothers and my sisters. The Holy Spirit is the agent of the times of refreshing. The Holy Spirit is the one who brings times of refreshing to the born-again person. The Holy Spirit is the one who will give you those times of refreshing. Now you know that water is a symbol. It's a type of the Spirit all throughout Scripture. All throughout Scripture. The times of refreshing, this latter rain or the overflow, all relate to the dynamic work of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life. Not just for Israel's eschatology. That's a big word for last times. Not just for Peter's audience historically, but for you and I presently. You and I can have this. If you're dry, listen carefully to what I'm going to say. Times are refreshing or what the Lord desires for you today. Today is a day of refreshment. Today of refreshing is now. The time of refreshing has come by the Holy Spirit. Jesus said this in John 7, verse 37 to 39. If any man thirsts, let him come and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living waters. But this he spoke concerning the Holy Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. The Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. And we've talked at length about the Holy Spirit here. As we've gone through the book of Acts, we've looked at the Holy Spirit. We've broken it down piece by piece. We talked about the three experiences a believer can have with the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk a little bit about that today, but we're going to talk about some different aspects of that. We began our discussion with John 14, 17, when Jesus said, the Spirit is with you, but he shall be in you. The first relationship we have with the Holy Spirit is he's with you. He was with you before you became a Christian, telling you that you needed to be saved. It's called conviction. The Holy Spirit has come into the world to convict. Convict of sin, convict of righteousness, convict of judgment, the Scripture says. But the negative counterpart, the negative counterpart to this relationship is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. In other words, the Spirit is with you, but you reject it. And you're not interested in what the Spirit is saying to you. You're not interested in Him drawing you because you reject it. And this rejection is known as blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit will not force Himself on you. No, no, no. The Spirit is a beautiful, wonderful gentleman. He will not force himself on you. But he continues to woo you and continues to show you and you continue to reject. And it's called blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that this is the only unforgivable sin? Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Because you're rejecting Jesus Christ. You're rejecting Jesus Christ as Savior of the world. At the sacrifice that he gave on the cross, you're rejecting and that's called blasphemy. It's the only unforgivable sin. It's the only sin that will send you to hell. Because you reject it. God's provision for salvation. When you open up your heart to Jesus and you accept His sacrifice for sins, you become born again. The Holy Spirit comes into you, Scripture says. It indwells in you. It's the presence of God. It's the presence of the Lord. At this point, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. You can find that in Ephesians 1.13. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Just as there is a negative to the with experience or the with ministry of the Holy Spirit, there is a negative response to the in ministry as well. You can grieve the Spirit. Look at Ephesians 4, 25 through 31. Ephesians 4, 25 through 31. How do I grieve the Holy Spirit? Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus. He says these things. Ephesians 4, 25. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth to his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. 
Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace of the, to the hearers. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed on the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. How do we grieve the Holy Spirit? We grieve the Holy Spirit by not dealing with the sin in our life. The sin that so easily ensnares us, it says in Hebrews 12.1. The sin that we easily trip over during our days. We don't deal with it. We allow it to grow, and we allow it to manifest. We allow it to fester in our lives, and we won't deal with it. We grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit may be speaking to you right now about a sin that's in your life that he says, get rid of it. It's coming between you and me. It's coming between you and your God. You don't want anything to stand in the way between you and your God. You want to be clean and have a clean heart. You want to be absolutely clean when you stand before God. You don't want nothing standing in your way. When we don't deal with our sin, we get dry. We become dry. Our bones ache. Our Christian walk falters. And our eyes grow dim to the things of God because sin is clouding our vision. Grieving the Holy Spirit takes its toll physically and emotionally. It takes its toll. Times of refreshing do not come because you've not responded to God's grace. You haven't responded to the grace of God. I'm talking about born-again believers. People who are grieving the Holy Spirit because they haven't responded to God's grace by repenting and being converted. When we allow sin in our lives to stay there, we become spiritually exhausted. And there's an exhaustion we can't explain. We know from our studies that there is another relationship we have with the Holy Spirit, and it's called the coming upon experience where the Holy Spirit comes upon us with power. Some call it being filled with the Holy Spirit. Some call it the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But whatever you call it, the experience is the power for service. If you are serving God in your own strength, you will tire very easily. You will wear yourself out. You will get exhausted. And this is where ministry burnout comes because you're relying on your own power to serve and not God's power through His Holy Spirit. That's where exhaustion comes from. Like the other experiences with the Holy Spirit, there is a negative component to this or a negative response to the coming on experience. The response is called quenching the Holy Spirit. When you don't want what the Spirit wants for you, you quench Him. I don't want that. I don't think I like that. Paul writes to the church of Thessalonica, quench not the Spirit, he says, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 19. How do I quench the Spirit? Paul continues to say in 1 Thessalonians 5, 20, he says one way is do not despise prophecies. Sometimes we despise the work of the Holy Spirit. Can you believe that? We despise the work of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we're ignorant of what the Holy Spirit does. We don't know what the Holy Spirit does because we don't know the Word of God concerning the Holy Spirit. We're ignorant. We've heard all these tales. Oh, if I accept the Holy Spirit, I'm going to lose control. I'm going to run around a room barking like a dog, howling at the moon. I'm going to stand on my head. I don't want that to happen. You don't understand the Spirit of God because the one who the Spirit is in has control over that Spirit. And you're not going to do those kind of things if you're truly filled with the Holy Spirit of God and you're relying on God. Those things aren't going to happen. But we despise His work. You sit back and say to the Spirit, move me. <laughs> I used to sing on the worship team at Calvary Chapel Vineland. And we would stand on stage and before the service, Pastor Frank would come down and he'd sit right in the front. And he always had this funny, goofy look on his face. And we'd be ready to sing. He'd sit down and go like this. All right, move me. And we'd like, what? It's just, that's what we say to the Holy Spirit. I'm not doing anything. Go ahead. Move me. Come on. 
I'm ready. Yeah, right. I'm ready. That's, that's a grieving the Holy Spirit. We despise the work when we do that. We don't seek the things that are spiritual. In Genesis 8, there's this beautiful story. And we read that after the flood, Noah released the dove. And the dove circled round and around and around over all the earth, looking for some place to land, some place to set his foot, the sole of his foot, it says. Again, throughout Scripture, the dove is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. We see the Holy Spirit circling earth. The Holy Spirit is circling earth right now today, looking for some place to land. Lord, land on our church, please. You should be saying, Holy Spirit, land on my heart today. Give me times of refreshing. Fill me today. Will the Holy Spirit find that? Has he found the place in our church? Has he found the place in your heart? Genesis 8 goes on to say that Noah stretched forth his hand and he grabbed the bird. Noah stretched forth his hand and he grabbed the bird. C.H. Spurgeon used this as an example of how we are to actively pursue the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 31, the Apostle Paul tells us to earnestly desire the best gifts. When I think of earnestly desire, there's an action here. I'm not sitting back and going, well, you know, Lord, if you want me to have that, I'll take it. You want to give me that? Yeah, go ahead. I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, okay. No, we're actively seeking the gifts. We're asking repetitively, God, give me this gift. God, give me your gifts that you want me to have. God, make me the person you want me to have through your Holy Spirit. God, give me boldness. And if this sounds familiar, as we read in the book of Acts, you're going to find that this is exactly what the apostles did. Lord, give us boldness to preach your word. Boom. They go out and they preach your word with boldness. They get the snot beat out of them and they get thrown in the jail and they're sitting there going, Lord, give us more boldness. And they continue to go out. They continue to go out. And then they high five each other and says, wow, isn't it great? We got the snot kicked out of us, but they found us worthy. They get beat up for Jesus's name. Wow. Isn't that great? Lord, give us more boldness. Wow. They didn't care. They just wanted to be filled. They didn't quench the spirit. We must earnestly seek him, earnestly ask to be filled, earnestly ask to be refilled. Because you know what? We leak. We leak. The Spirit runs out. Earnestly ask the thing. The person who overflows with the Spirit is not one who sits back passively and folds their arm. Okay, Spirit, here I am. I'm waiting on you. What are you going to do? No. The person who actively pursues the Holy Spirit is the one who seeks and hungers and thirsts for righteousness. We need to have the attitude of desire. The attitude that says, I deeply desire the power of the Holy Spirit upon my life. I'm going to reach out in faith and pursue all that God has for me. All that God has for me. I will not be satisfied with just a theological notion of the Holy Spirit. Brain knowledge. I want more than brain knowledge. I want true knowledge of the Holy Spirit. I won't be satisfied until I see the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. I will not be satisfied because I desire the Holy Spirit and I will not quench Him. I know that there's people in your lives who you're trying to reach. I know in each family there are people in your lives who you want to see come to Jesus Christ because you know, you know the times of refreshing that happen when someone accepts the Lord Jesus as their Savior and you want them to come in. But you're relying on your own strength to get them into the kingdom. You've got to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. You've got to rely on His power. That means you need to seek Him. Seek Him for the power and the boldness and the words to say. Remember, He's going to design for you exactly the words to say to have that person comes in because He knows what it's going to take for that person to come in. He knows. We need to desire the Holy Spirit. We want the Holy Spirit to empower us. We can't do this on our own. We need to be relying on Him. You know, if you've already experienced the coming on experience of the, of the Holy Spirit, and if you're not presently pursuing Him as you once did, He'll be quenched. You'll be dry. You'll dry out because you stop seeking Him. Well, I've had enough of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to take a rest for now. How can you ever get enough of God? 
How could you ever get enough of God's love? I'm so greedy when it comes to God. I'm sorry. I'm one greedy dude when it comes to God because I'm sitting here going, God, give me everything you got, man. I want it all. I want whatever you have for me. Whatever your plan is for David in your life, I want that. Fill me up and then fill me up again. Use me. Whatever needs to be done, Lord, give it to me. I want it. And I desire the Lord. I desire him. If you're not presently seeking him like you used to do, these times of refreshing are just a historical event, just an event that we're waiting around for him. And you know, some of us have a rigidity to our lives. Our lives are very rigid. They have to be in order. And this has to happen, and this has to happen, and this has to happen, and this has to happen. This has to happen, and this has to happen, and this has to happen. If this has to happen, I've got to go back here and start over because this has to happen, this has to happen. I say to you, where's the Holy Spirit? Thank the Lord that Peter and John didn't have a rigidity about them. They could have passed that. Like, hey, don't bother us. We're going to prayer. And prayer's good, pal. We're doing something good right now. Thank God they didn't just walk by him and leave him hanging there to go to pray. Praying's good. I'm not saying anything about praying. But they followed the lead of the Holy Spirit. They allowed the Holy Spirit to go, er, I want you over here. Oh, okay. And they, and they encountered this man. They just didn't walk by him because they were going to pray. Sorry, my time to pray. You got to wait. There wasn't a rigidity about their lives because the Holy Spirit was leading them, guiding them. You read the Apostle Paul in the latter books of Acts. He wanted to go to Asia. We're going to Asia. Er, Holy Spirit said, no, you're not. And they went some other place. And thousands of people were saved. And the gospel was spread someplace else. We need to be in tune with this Holy Spirit in our lives so we know what he wants us to do. We, schedules are great. Don't get me wrong. We had a schedule today. Frank was supposed to lead music. Dane was supposed to play here. I was supposed to stand in the back and come up at my normal time and pray. Well, guess what? Frank got sick. Dane had to take over as lead worshiper. I came in to help him. Crystal walks in at 930 and goes, oh, you want to sing? She goes, yeah. She came up on stage. Blessed are the flexible, for they shall not break. But you never read that beatitude, did you? God wants to do something here today, and we're not going to fall down because somebody's sick. We're not going to just crumble and go, oh, we can't do this, we can't do this. The Spirit says, what? I know you can't do it, but man, when do you see what I got planned for today? And we're allowing the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do. Daniel did a wonderful job. It was a great worship. We had a wonderful time. See, because when we worship the Lord, he looks upon our heart. He does not listening for the, the greatest music in the entire world. He's not listening to the greatest voice in the entire world. Oh, yes, we are supposed to give God our best, make no doubt about it. But he's looking for a heart. He's looking at a heart that he loves and he can be loved through. He's looking for a heart to show himself strong on behalf. That's what he's looking for. But we get so hung up in this rigidity, we can't, we can't move because this is a good thing I'm doing. Yeah, it is, but what about the Holy Spirit? We need to rely on the Holy Spirit to guide us. Peter and John relied on the Holy Spirit. And what happened? The lame man was healed. A lame man walked again and received Christ. And because of his testimony, we're going to read a little while, 5,000 more people came to the Lord. Wouldn't you want that rather than, I got to do this because this is what I'm doing. Some of us are acting in ignorance. Some of us lack knowledge of the Holy Spirit. We're afraid. We're afraid we'll lose control because we don't understand what the Holy Spirit does. What are you resisting the Spirit for? Why are you quenching the Spirit? Why are you resisting? What if you are resisting? What if you are grieving? What if you are quenching the Spirit? What's the answer? You might be wondering right now, well, Dave, you laid out a heck of a prosecuting thing here. Now we're all feeling, what do we do now? Peter gives us the answer, the same answer. Repent and be converted. Repent and be converted. Change your opinion about the Holy Spirit. Change your opinion about the way you view God. Stop playing church. Come into a realness with God and let the real God win your heart and guide your heart and show your heart. Remember, Peter didn't say, get your life together, change your life, and then be converted. He said, repent, change your mind about Jesus, change your mind about the Holy Spirit. 
Don't resist the Holy Spirit tug at your heart right now when he's pointing out something in your life that he doesn't like. Some idol that you've set up, get rid of it. Get on your knees and pray and call God and say, Lord, take it. I can't give it up. So if you've been resisting the Spirit's tug at your heart, change your mind about Christ, and give him your life and come into salvation. If you've been grieving the Holy Spirit, change direction and deal directly with any sin that might be in your life and move on with, with, with power. And if you've been quenching the Holy Spirit, change the direction, change your thinking, pursue him instead of being apathetic toward him. Pursue him. Do this and you will experience times of refreshing. A refreshing will come over your life like you've never seen and the book of Acts will become real in your life. The book of Acts will become real in this church. The book of Acts will become real in Cape May, in North Cape May, and all the areas around here because God is alive today and there's still a lot of people out there that he wants to save. And for some crazy reason he's chosen us. For some crazy reason he's chosen us to be his witnesses. He does have a sense of humor. As we've been studying the book of Acts, perhaps you've been saying all along, I just can't seem to be filled. I prayed, I've been asking, I can't get filled. Perhaps it's because you don't need to be filled. Maybe you need to be emptied. Maybe you need to be emptied of all the things that you've been holding on to inside that are keeping him from taking up residency in your life. Maybe you need to be emptied. I tell the story about the person who accepted Christ in his life, and he's so happy, and he has his house ready. And he hears this knock on the door, and he opens the door, and there's Jesus standing on him. He goes, Jesus! He says, I'm coming in. Wait a minute. He picks up this huge, gnarly cross. It starts coming in. He goes, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You can't bring that in here. So what do you mean I can't bring it in here? Well, where are you going to put it? I'm going to put it wherever you let me. Well, you got to put it over here right now. And he puts it over there. Eventually, we move to this part of the house and that part of the house. Christ comes in slowly. He doesn't force himself into your life. And he starts to clean house. He starts to take this out. He starts to take that out. He doesn't do it all at once. Although there are people I know that has happened all at once, praise God. But like most of us, you know, we're pulled into the kingdom with our hands going... You know, we're pulled into the kingdom because we resist. He's saying, what's the cure? What's the solution? Repent and be converted. Repent and be converted that you might know the Christ, the Son of the living God. No more excuses. No more justifying. No more whitewashing, you know. One of the woes to the Pharisees that Jesus says, woe you Pharisees, you're like whitewashed sepulchers. You look great on the outside, but inside you're full of dead bones. We don't want that. We want to be filled with this Holy Spirit. We want our, our lives to exude the Holy Spirit, our lives to flow rivers of living water, torrents of living waters, it says. Repent. Change your mind the way you think about God. Change the way you think about Jesus. Change the way you think about the Holy Spirit. Repent, and times of refreshing will come to you in beauty and reality. And these times of refreshing are the presence of the Lord, the presence of the Almighty God residing in you in you and in me. Repent and be converted and let times of refreshing wash you and cleanse you and prepare you for the next step on this journey. You are You've been listening to A Sure Hope Radio with Pastor Dave. Pastor Dave comes to us from Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. In today's message, Pastor Dave is in the book of Acts. In this book, you'll hear about many people who had been eyewitnesses of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. They were now going to tell others about Jesus, and many were coming to a saving faith. If these disciples were just following some flash-in-the-pan rabbi, 
they wouldn't have been so eager to risk their lives for the sake of telling about this good news. No, it's because they saw it lived out and they saw the greatest miracle of all happen, Jesus dying and then rising again. What an incredible time to live. So when you're facing opposition and persecution for following Jesus, remember that these disciples did too and they were willing to face the ramifications for such faith. If you're wrestling with what this means to have a saving faith, we'd love to seek God in prayer with and for you. You can email us your requests at info at capewatchradio.com. If you'd rather call, we can chat with you on the phone too. Our number is 609-884-5821. That phone number once more is 609-884-5821. Anything else you'd like to know about can be found on our website, assurehoperadio.com. We've come to the end of our time together for today, but we'll be back next time as Pastor Dave shares some more great things from the Bible here on Assure Hope. Show.